You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. Today's show will begin with more good news for Tennessee. The Vols landed a commitment on Monday, as expected. Tennessee is up to 22 commitments now for the 2021 class. I'll continue to say it's a class that is fluid. Not all of these players who are committed to Tennessee will sign for probably a number of different reasons, but right now Tennessee continues to find momentum and Tennessee continues to help lead the way with the recruiting rankings. There is, of course, a disclaimer that has to be applied there. I'll get to that coming up in just a moment, but I'll tell you about Tennessee's new commitment for the 2021 class here in segment number one and try to look ahead a little bit at the level of competition with Tennessee Georgia and Florida in the SEC East. Georgia continues to lead the way, and Georgia in this recruiting cycle is still recruiting at an incredibly high level. We'll talk about that in segment number two. I was thinking back to a pre-2019 conversation about Tennessee's football team and program and what Jeremy Pruitt was trying to get done, what he needed to get done. So a check-in on that conversation because I think there are very clear signs of progress. I'll explain that in segment number two. And then in the third segment of today's show, Tennessee's recruiting is on fire. Well, the assistant coaches deserve some credit for that as well, right? They are receiving it. I'll explain that coming up in the third segment of today's show. Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you today by Built Bar. Remember to use the promo code Locked On when you go to BuiltBar.com, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, the promo code is Locked On. The website is BuiltBar.com. You get $10 off with that promo code Locked On. So Tennessee landed tight end Miles Campbell on Monday afternoon, as expected. He announced at noon like he said that he would, and he picked Tennessee like most people expected that he would. Campbell is one of the top 20 tight ends in the country or so. That's where he's ranked according to the composite and according to Rivals.com. And he chose Tennessee over a number of offers. He reportedly had more than 25 offers in this, uh, in this class so far. The main suitors were Florida State, North Carolina, North Carolina State, were both involved as well with Campbell. So that gives Tennessee 22 commitments for the 2021 class. And 20 of those commitments are from out of state. Tennessee has two commitments from in-state players, players in the state of Tennessee. Wide receiver Walker Merrill, who committed to Tennessee just a couple of months ago, back at the end of March, in fact, so not even two months ago. And then Elijah Howard, an athlete, from Baylor down in Chattanooga. He has been committed to Tennessee since last June. That's it for this class. Tennessee is putting a lot of this class together from outside the state of Tennessee. With the Vols picking up Miles Campbell on Monday and also having a commitment from Rock Taylor, who is a projected tight end in the 2021 class. He's in Oxford, Alabama. It does have a lot of people asking, what does that mean for Hudson Wolf, who is one of the top players in the state of Tennessee, certainly one of the top uncommitted players and he plays the tight end position. Tennessee's going to continue to recruit him, but it does make me at least wonder if Tennessee has taken two commitments at the tight end position, assuming that's where Rock Taylor will play at the next level, does that have some kind of impact on Hudson Wolf? We'll see. I think right now the conversation with Tennessee continues to be the Vols are getting a lot of the conversation. I talked about this on one of last week's episode, but I really do think it's true. Tennessee has been able to grab a lot of the headlines. If you look at the story that Seth Emerson wrote for The Athletic, Seth covers Georgia. 
but his story was on Tennessee creating a recruiting splash, noting that it's meaningful, but also pointing out, you know, Georgia is the class of the SEC East. Florida's doing a fine job, and Tennessee has more work to do. But also notes, Jeremy Pruitt can recruit, and Jeremy Pruitt can evaluate. And Seth has, I think, really good perspective because he covers Georgia, and he covered Jeremy Pruitt when he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia and knows how good of a recruiter he is. He notes that in the story. Seth does. So I recommend you you check out that piece at The Athletic. And it's going to take more time for Tennessee to get where it wants to go, but Tennessee is at least on pace to put itself in position to be more competitive in the SEC East, which is something I brought up with David Ubbin from The Athletic, uh, Seth's colleague. When David joined us on Sports 180 on Monday, I asked him about uh, the SEC East, the division, how, how David would project it over the next few years from a competitive standpoint. This is what David said when I asked him about Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida there at the top of the SEC East. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Georgia and Florida aren't going anywhere. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, the path for Tennessee is to get to that level and then just start fighting and battling every single year. Um, I think that's where Tennessee's got to be. You, you, you know, when you're beating out Georgia for recruits, that's uh, always a, a welcome sign. And, and they're in the middle of two big battles right now with Amarius Mims and, and Smile Munden. If you can beat them off of those guys, that's huge. Um, but... Florida's still going to be good. Georgia's still going to be good. you got to beat them. If you want to get to Atlanta, you want to get to the playoffs, you're going to have to beat those teams every year. And uh, and so, you know, building up your program to where you're just as good or, or better than those teams and, and you have a, a roster that's capable of, of uh, beating them and withstanding a few injuries and, and, and being able to perform, that's huge. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, you're looking at a situation where if I had to guess, I mean, I think those three, those three programs are going to be competing for the East uh, annually, you know, pretty pretty soon. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you can't really ask for much more than that. That was David Ubbin on Sports 180 on Monday. So Tennessee's trying to put itself in a position where it can be more competitive with Florida and Georgia because while Tennessee maybe put a scare into Georgia in the first half last year, Georgia also showed how much better it was than Tennessee to not only come back and beat Tennessee, but to blow Tennessee out in the second half. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You know that Georgia's roster has been much better than Tennessee's over the last couple of years. And Georgia's roster looks like it'll be a lot better than Tennessee heading into this upcoming season. Now let's see what Georgia does at quarterback. Let's see if that offense with Todd Monken now taking over is ready to compete at a high level. But on defense, Georgia is just loaded. And Georgia projects to put together a a really good class for this upcoming year. Tennessee is number two in the country, but something else that Seth Emerson noted, and it's just true, if you took Tennessee's uh, point scoring right now for a class for 2021, Tennessee has 254.18 points. And uh, there's no need to explain what that means, but that's what they use to rank the teams. If you took that and put it into last year's class, Tennessee would have finished number 16 in the country. Tennessee has an advantage because it has so many players in the class, and Jeremy Pruitt recognizes that. That's why I will also continue to point out this is a class that's going to change. A number of these players who are committed are probably not going to sign with Tennessee. I think Tennessee will probably over-recruit some of the guys who are currently committed. That doesn't sound great, and it really isn't, but I also think it's reality. And then I, I will come back to the other positive that Tennessee has created for itself over the last few weeks and I'll continue to repeat this because I think it really does matter a reason Seth Emerson is writing about Tennessee is because Tennessee has gotten attention and uh, Barrett Salee of CBS Sports 
joining us on the radio on Friday. He pointed that out. I asked him, you know, Barrett's doing radio hits all over the Southeast. He joins us on on Sports 180 on Fridays at 1230. A little plug there. But he's doing CBS Sports HQ hits, but doing radio hits throughout the Southeast. So I asked him, how often has Tennessee come up in conversation? How often over the last few weeks has Barrett been asked about Tennessee when he does radio hits? It's been asked of me every single hit for the last two and a half weeks is, you know, it's, uh, it's coronavirus stuff, it's COVID stuff. And then, you know, a lot of times, you know, all of us sort of want to get back on the field and talk about what normal things we talk about during this time of year. And that's been the number one topic uh, over the last two and a half weeks. There's no doubt. And mostly it's, is this for real? Can Jeremy Pruitt lead them to an SEC East title? How long will it be? All that stuff. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of discussion about that for sure. So one thing we can say for sure, Tennessee has done a great job creating attention for itself. And in the meantime, it's added a number of really good players. And that shouldn't just be pushed aside. Tennessee has landed some really talented football players. Terrence Lewis, Dylan Brooks, Cody Brown, keep going. These commitments that Tennessee has picked up over the last few weeks will give Tennessee a chance to be much more competitive in the future. And, of course, the bar is going to be raised for Tennessee's future. But Jeremy Pruitt knows that as well. I would also say the bar has been raised for the protein bar market, and that's thanks to Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and learn more about all the different options they have, all the different flavors that they have. I've eaten a number of the different flavors. I love them. The peanut butter combinations are my favorite. All of the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. All the Built Bars are soft and easy to chew. And also, the Built Bars are healthy. They're great if you were thinking about, okay, I need some extra snacks to work into my diet, but I don't want to overindulge. You don't do that with Built Bar. You can continue to lose or maintain weight while enjoying a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. Like my favorite, this really was my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. First one I tried, still the favorite. 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, only 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams net carbs. This is with Built Bar. Go online, check out all the different flavors, build your own box, and then how about this? When you go to the website, BuiltBar.com, and use promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I was thinking back to a conversation I had with Tony Barnhart, a longtime writer covering the SEC and covering college football. He's Mr. College Football on Twitter, in fact. And the conversation had to do with what Jeremy Pruitt was trying to get done, what he needed to get done if he wanted to compete with the big boys in the SEC. He needed to get more big boys, meaning guys up front. He needed to improve the lines of scrimmage. He really needed to improve the offensive line because – In 2017, it wasn't very good. In 2018, it was terrible. And in 2019, it was not projected to be very good. And it turned out that it wasn't a very good offensive line, but it was better. And since then, Tennessee has signed some good players up front. Tennessee has brought in Cade Mays 
as a transfer, still waiting to find out if he can play officially this fall. The expectation is that he will be able to, but you also never know with the NCAA. Still, uh, Cade Mace is on the roster. Tennessee is better with him on the roster than without him on the roster, right? And Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright have some experience, and some players like Karon Calvert have improved, and Brennan Kennedy is back for another year, which we did not necessarily expect a year ago. So there are clear signs of improvement, but I, I wanted you to hear this conversation because Tony Barnhart, a year ago, before the 2019 season, was talking about what he liked about Jeremy Pruitt, why he thought that... Jeremy would get things going in the right direction and why he understood the the priorities, where they needed to be. The conversation I had with uh, Tony Barnhart talking about Jeremy Pruitt trying to get things going in Knoxville. Tennessee's situation is is like a lot of programs that are rebuilding. They're not where they need to be on the line of scrimmage. They're not close to where and where they need to be. But Jeremy Pruitt, it's, it's going to fix that. Uh, I like the Tennessee staff a whole lot. My, my point is, is that Tennessee is headed in the right direction direction their trajectory is good it's just going to take time where does the confidence come from that Jeremy Pruitt and, and his staff will be able to get the line of scrimmage fixed well I know these coaches I know I mean Jerry Pru, Jeremy Pruitt is a very good football coach mm-hmm. and it's in, in Tennessee's situation was more of a talent uh, situation so they got to improve the talent level but you, you look at the guys uh, on, on that staff, bringing back, you know, bringing back T. Martin, moving Chris Rinke with the help with the quarterbacks. Uh, Will Friend is one of the best offensive line coaches I know. So I think all the elements are in place, but you've got to get the players to execute. And that's because of who they play, right? They play Alabama yeah. every year, Georgia every year. You know what Florida's going to be. And the SEC East as a whole is different than it was 20 years ago when you talk about Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri's there. Vanderbilt's a tough out. Yeah, you, and you got, you got Kentucky winning 10 football games. So the depth is there. There are no weekends off. You know, that's just a fact that the division has gotten a lot better. Tony Barnhart last summer, I thought those were good comments at the time, and I think a lot of what he said then holds up. And everybody can point out you need to be better along the line of scrimmage. It's especially important at Tennessee, and you need depth. You need a number of players that you can count on. It's one thing to look at your starting 22 and say, you know what, I like these guys. But what if you deal with injuries? What if somebody goes down? Last year for Tennessee, Daniel Batuli went down. It was a problem. If he went off the field or Henry Toto went off the field, you had a real concern. If Trey Smith went off the field for Tennessee's offensive line, all of a sudden that unit looked like it could be terrible. So Tennessee looks like it's moving in a direction where it will have more players that it can count on. And I don't know where Missouri's headed as a program. It has a new head coach in Eli Drinkwitz. I think he was a nice hire. But of course, we don't know. He's heading into his first year. Vanderbilt's not in a great place. So it's not trending in the right direction. This is a very critical year for Derek Mason, I would think, especially as there has been more change at the top of that athletic department. And same can be said for South Carolina. Let's see what happens with Will Muschamp. But Georgia still looks great. Florida looks really good. Tennessee has to play Alabama every year, and you're in the SEC. So I I don't need to explain why it's a conference that's tough. And I I still think the SEC East is going to be challenging. It's just, yeah, it's not the division that it was in the 90s where you you play Kentucky this week. Okay, cool, free win. That's not how it works. I know Tennessee has won the last couple of years, but those were not necessarily easy games. Tennessee kind of ran away two years ago. Uh, that, that catch by Callaway at the end of the first half for the touchdown, I think was almost a dagger for Kentucky's offense. Last year, though, came down to a fourth and goal stop. It, it could not have been a tighter game. And even Missouri having the issues it did a year ago and Kelly Bryant being injured, that was a hard-fought game for Tennessee on the road. It's one that I think Tennessee should absolutely win this upcoming year. I think the point just continues to be 
you never know. But with Tennessee along the offensive line, Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright have more experience. Those players that Tennessee's coaches have looked at and said, you know what, I think there's some potential here. I think Karon Calvert, I think Jerome Carvin can be good players. And then let's see how Jackson Lampley and Chris Ogperogene develop and the newcomers on the roster. Uh, Cooper Mays is a guy that they're really excited about. And then Cade Mays. And of course, Trey Smith coming back is just huge for Tennessee and the ability for that offensive line to develop. But they need to keep it going because after this year, Brandon Kennedy's gone, Trey Smith is gone, Cade Mays could be gone. And if that happens, you could be losing arguably your three most important offensive linemen. So continue to recruit there, continue to develop there, make sure everything is taken care of in the strength and conditioning program. And Tennessee should be fine up front in the future. And of course, you hope for some luck. You hope to avoid injuries, all of those things that are just required. So uh, a check-in on Tennessee's progress up front. I think Tennessee is making good progress up front. Coming up next here on Locked on Balls, Tennessee is making very good progress on the recruiting trail. A look at the guys who are responsible for that. That's coming up next here on Locked on Balls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I've mentioned here on the show a few times that Tennessee put together a staff, Jeremy Pruitt put together a staff for this upcoming year with the idea of taking Tennessee's recruiting to another level. And I'm not the only person who has expressed that thought. I think it's pretty obvious, actually, when you look at some of the changes that were made. But also, if you look at the 247 Sports coach rankings for recruiting, you see a lot of Tennessee coaches near the top. And I guess that makes sense. If Tennessee has a, a class that's ranked near the top, it will probably have some assistants near the top as well. The top-ranked assistant in recruiting so far for 2021 is Ohio State running backs coach Tony Alford. Makes sense considering Ohio State's class is number one in the country and it's just loaded right now. In fact, Ohio State has three of the top four coaches. Kerry Combs, the defense coordinator, is number three, and then Brian Hartline, the wide receivers coach, is number four. Number two, so the only coach in the top four, is Derek Ansley. Tennessee's defensive coordinator and he's really well thought of as a coach really well thought of as a recruiter as well and he has a number of southeastern ties having coached at Tennessee Kentucky and Alabama I think that's another reason that Jeremy Pruitt really wanted Ansley on the staff when he was hired before the 2019 season and really I bet Jeremy Pruitt sees a lot of Derek Ansley in himself he's a really good coach really good recruiter they've worked together coaching defensive backs at Alabama, and now at Tennessee. But Ansley is not the only coach that is ranked high on the 247 sports list. Joe Osevet, who was promoted to a full-time assistant coach position, is number 10 in the country, and T. Martin is number 11. T, of course, is really well known for his recruiting. And Osevet is a guy that I think has really helped Tennessee in a number of spots. He's helped in the Northeast with recent commitments at St. Francis in Baltimore, picking up Aaron Willis and Katron Evans last weekend and then picking up a tight end the position that Joe's going to coach on Monday in Miles Campbell so Joe Osevet really high on the list and then if you just look in the top 25 you'll see more spots for Brian Niedermeyer at number 17 Jay Graham at number 20 and kind of the funny thing there is being at number 17 I don't think shows the real impact that Brian Niedermeyer makes on recruiting for Tennessee and then Jay Graham he's number 20 which is good but we already know that he's a really good recruiter so I think we're seeing the results with what Jeremy Pruitt wanted Tennessee to do. And as I said earlier, Tennessee still has more work to do to close out this 2021 class. Tennessee has to hold on to its commitments. Tennessee probably has to make some moves with the class. And then Tennessee needs to land more highly touted players. But the position Tennessee is in right now, I do believe, is largely thanks to 
the staff that Jeremy Pruitt has put together. And it's a combination. It's that. It's the talented people behind the scenes, names that you probably don't recognize. Uh, in fact, uh, second reference of him uh, today on the show, but David Ubbin has a story on a guy who's a Tennessee fan who's done some graphics for Tennessee. All of that stuff adds up. And Tennessee has been, I think, a little bit ahead of the curve and has done a good job in doing its best to take advantage. Taking advantage doesn't sound like the right description, but Tennessee's done a really good job to look at the circumstances over the last couple of months and said, okay, what can we do to connect with the recruits? And Tennessee staff went out and did that. And then the recruits started to recruit one another and the players have bought in as well. Something that Jeremy Pruitt has brought up a lot. I think it's real. If you saw Miles Campbell's announcement on Monday afternoon on social media, then you also saw a bunch of tweets from Tennessee's coaches, Tennessee's commitments, and Tennessee's current players. They have been very active in selling the program. And that has to say something about the connection that this staff has with the players. Things can always turn, but the way that Tennessee's players bought in or recommitted during the 2019 season when things started out very badly, things could have gone south. And who knows, if Tennessee had lost the Mississippi State game, maybe they would have gone south. But I think we've seen the opposite of that. We saw the players, the the veterans, Daryl Taylor, Juwan Jennings, Daniel Batuli, that group, they stayed committed. They helped lead the way, and the results got a lot better. And now I think the players who remain are doing that as well. And I, I had a question sent to me on social media. Hey, what are we seeing at Florida and Georgia on social media? Could there be an issue there? Could there be some some cracks in the foundation? And I would not go that far to say that, yeah, social media is a real problem from Florida or Georgia. Uh, the Georgia football tweet, while Tennessee was in the middle of its recruiting run, sharing highlights of beating Tennessee, I, I thought that was kind of funny. Georgia's still doing fine in recruiting, and Florida's doing fine. I think the Gators are projected to pick up a four-star athlete sometime this week. But uh, from a social media standpoint, I think Tennessee has beaten out Florida and Georgia, and pretty much everybody. Uh, and that doesn't mean Tennessee's going to have the best class. That doesn't mean Tennessee's necessarily going to have a top five class. But it probably does mean that Tennessee's had the best three to four week stretch that we've seen during this quarantine. And while coaches have had to make adjustments because they're not able to bring prospects on campus, they're not able to do in-person evaluations. So you have to uh, figure something else out. Tennessee's figured something out. And Tennessee staff and all the people behind the scenes deserve a lot of credit for that as well. So it's, it's a fun time. We're still seeing more optimism about sports returning in the fall. We saw announcements from the state of California, the state of Texas on Monday, that pro sports can start back up here in a couple of weeks. So there is, I think, uh, a, a real sense of confidence that the NBA will get something figured out. We'll see with Major League Baseball, but that's more of a, a labor conversation than coronavirus topic. And then we'll see what happens this fall. And uh, I'll still continue to say there's a long way to go, and who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what the scheduling will look like? I don't think anybody knows right now. There are a number of scenarios to consider, but the the greatest level of confidence seems to be around just the idea that, yes, football will take place this fall, professionally and at the college level. And of course, we all hope that that's going to happen as well. I appreciate you being here today on Locked on Vols. I will be back on Thursday with another episode. Continue to rate and review the show. That's a big help. Continue to spread the word to other Tennessee fans as well about Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, brought to you today by BuiltBar.com. Remember to use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order. I appreciate you hanging out. I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Vols. <laughs>